Don't you love infomercials? Don't you love how they take life, which before you started watching that infomercial, you thought was pretty good, but then you actually found out through that infomercial, your life actually stinks. You're really missing out. But hey, good news, they have just the thing. And your life will only continue to be as miserable as long as it takes for you to get that thing. It's ridiculous, and yet it works. Why? Because we're all looking for that thing that will make life better or us better. Well, I've got an infomercial for you this morning. Only this one is honest and true. Are you tired of feeling defeated? Are you tired of running rampant? Never feeling like you're enough, like no one cares about you, like it's never enough, and all you do is give, 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 and work, 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 and then people just take, 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 with little to no time for yourself. And then when you do have that time, you can't even enjoy it because now it feels like everything you've worked so hard for is about to fall apart without you. Can anyone relate? Well, I've got just the thing. Strength. Can anyone say strength? We all need strength. Who couldn't use more strength? Stronger bodies, stronger minds, stronger spirits, and stronger relationships. Who doesn't want that? I know I do. You see, we're living in a culture right now that is deliberately trying to make us weak and dependent on it or something rather than on Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. What I love about the Bible is that that part of me on the inside that leans towards being weak and checking out or not believing I'm enough I am so thankful that the Word of God says His Word on the matter, which is He wants His people to be strong. Amen? This is so important because everything around us, everything we're watching, everything we're looking at most of the time, it is sending this insidious message that you are not enough, that you need something more, you need something else. And the crazy part is that the Scriptures are clear, in Jesus we have everything. I like that over there. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Only be strong and courageous and obey my commands. Oftentimes, when even believers hear this, the thing they focus on is be strong and courageous. And then we bounce back with, but I'm not. I'm giving everything I got. It's not enough. I don't think that's the accent of that passage. The accent is the Lord going, I'm with you. I'm with you. If you will focus on me, you will discover the strength you need. That could be on a t-shirt. But it's true. All God's asking of you is intimacy openness and honesty, he will take care of the rest both inside you and outside you. This morning's message is about strength, what it is, how to obtain it, and how to keep it forever. And we'll be looking at Psalm chapter 16 to show us how. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, 
And I apologize because I didn't honestly have time to put it up on the big screen for you this morning. So just bear with me as I read and I'll do my best to help you follow along. If you have the New Living Translation, go ahead and read along with me. If you don't, I just encourage you, just listen in. If you read a different translation, I know you're going to get mixed up by the small differences in words, even though they're conveying the same meaning. If you have a preferred translation after this, remember Psalm 16, go home and meditate on it in your preferred translation. But just for this message, let's just all follow along. So I'm going to read the psalm in full, and then we'll unpack it as we go. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land, they are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. But troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their blood sacrifices or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is so glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Talk about beautiful. From this Psalm, I see that true strength has five things. True strength. Not strength as the world defines it, not strength as maybe your parents taught you, not strength as somehow you picked it up along the way. True strength, which lasts and doesn't dwindle the heart, but actually makes it grow. These five things are simply brokenness, Jesus, God's people, idols, and hope. That is true strength according to Psalm 16. The first one is brokenness. Crazy enough, the psalmist is coming and opening with this, plea, this call of refuge, saying, God, I need your help. That means true strength starts with admitting we need help, that we're not invincible, that there are a lot of things in us and around us we cannot control. For example, let's start with in us. You can't control your feelings. <laughs> and a lot of you are like, oh, other people struggle with that? We all struggle with that. We can manage our feelings. We can act on our feelings. We can ignore our feelings. But we cannot control our feelings. They're an annoying world unto themselves. If you ever notice that, that somebody looks at you the wrong way, you weren't even really thinking about it, but something about the looks sets you off for the day. And you're like, why is this bothering me? I don't understand it. And it's a war. Well, why? Because you are not in control of your feelings. Well, let's look at on the outside. You can't control very much on the inside. And then you look at other people and discover I can't control them either. You cannot control other people. If people want to be dumb, they're going to be dumb. If people want to be reckless, they're going to be reckless. If people want to be, there's kids in the room, so not great attitudes, not great attitudes. Yeah, 
We cannot control them. We can warn them, we can advise them, we can instruct them, we can pray for them, but we cannot control them. Can I get an amen? The faster you figure that out, the happier you're going to feel. Because even the Almighty lets, us, lets people go their own way. How are you going to compete? That's just two things. I could keep going, but some of you, this is new, and you're like, oh my gosh, you're rocking my world. Those are just two things you can't control. You need Jesus. <laughs> we all have our limits. We all have our area of brokenness, which is why the psalmist admits outright, keep me safe, O Lord, for I have come to you for refuge. If I were to get a show of hands, how many struggle with depression, struggle with anger, struggle with anxiety, struggle with jealousy, struggle with low self-esteem, struggle, struggle. Some of you, you're on the other side, struggle with pride. You struggle with hard-heartedness. You struggle with that part of you, the Holy Spirit saying, I want more, and you just don't know how to do it. We are all broken. And that is true strength's starting point. The psalmist admitted he needed help that this thing was too big for him, whatever it was. He was broken and needed help. So that's God's first word on strength. Admit you're broken. Admit you're, you need help because then according to this Psalm, it's gonna fly open heaven's doors so that you can receive Father God's strength in your heart. You see, what you don't realize is when you're struggling, you're actually pounding on heaven's door to open, to receive Father God's strength in that area of your life. Two, Jesus. True strength starts with brokenness. That's great, because we can all relate. <laughs> Which of course leads to Jesus, God in the flesh for us today. The psalmist at the time was praising Yahweh, but we know in Jesus, Yahweh has come in the flesh, and so we're gonna talk about Jesus. True strength always leads to Jesus. Because we may be broken, but he is strong. Amen? You got to get that. You are not strong. And if you keep telling her that to get through life, I guarantee your heart's not doing too well. But if you're willing to admit, wow, I'm broken, but he's strong, oh boy, you're going to start feeling better on the inside and on the outside. The Bible says in our weakness, his strength works best. But as long as we keep thinking we're not broken and lying to ourselves, we won't ask Jesus for help. We won't cry out to God for safety and refuge. In other words, we'll never get to experience his strength. Did you know when I was a kid, I used to fake sleeping so that my dad would take me to bed? When I was a kid and we would be watching TV, sometimes I would just be so tired and so I would just like, just fake it so that dad would come and put me to bed. Now, a small part of me is like, cause I was a lazy kid. Okay? But there's another part of me that honestly was more true, which is I loved the feeling of being picked up by my dad and feeling his strength and being brought to bed and laid down gently. The covers put over me. It always left me feeling amazing as I went to bed. You see, in the same way, if you're not willing to admit 
the area that you need Jesus, the cost of that is you're not getting to experience his strength. He wants you to know and to feel what it is to be carried by him. And here's the best news, you can stay there. You see, God calls us more than servants. Some of us in the room, we are very loyal about following Jesus, but we are not really opening ourselves up to being his children, who absolutely love and adore their father's strength, which starts by admitting where you're broken. That is the key. It is not enough to say, Jesus, I'm holding on to you at the very end for dear life. I'm going to be a good servant, be diligent. That is phenomenal. But God says, you're more than a servant. You're my child, which means to be a child means that you're willing to break down and be open and honest with them and say, God, I can't hear. Would you please be my strength? Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. You know, I had a young lady, not a young lady, an older lady actually, but after last service, she actually came up to me and she said, I realized that I need God's strength for my family. I was trying to do it all myself and it was killing me. And I was taking it out on them. The people that I love, I'm taking it out on because I realized I wasn't letting God, I wasn't being honest with my struggle and letting God be my strength. Three is God's people. True strength, one, is acknowledging and admitting I'm a broken person I need to Jesus. Then three is God's people. You see, one of God's favorite ways of imparting his strength is through his people, his body. And the psalmist knew this. He believed true strength comes from delighting in God's people. The psalmist says, I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. You see, a number of times you guys have probably responded to the Lord, come to the altar, maybe we're at a camp or a retreat, and you were just crying out to the Lord, but it felt like an empty room even as you were doing it. You're just like, God, I need you in this area. I can't do this without you, or I just need your love. It wasn't until another believer came and laid hands on you that all of a sudden the presence of God came. If you've been in church long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was not until somebody laid hands, was Christ in the flesh, that it was a spiritual dynamic had just changed. And all of a sudden the tears came, the healing came, the strength came. Amen? The psalmist understood this. He said, I delight in God's people. I may not like them all, but I need them. You know, this year, I read this phenomenal book on forests. Phenomenal. I did not know this, but in ancient forests like in Canada and a few in Europe today, underneath the soil of these huge, crazy forests, there's this root system that's all interconnected. And they're talking about that when a tree is having trouble, the other trees underneath actually start sending nutrients and sap and different things to help that tree. So for instance, they said in some forests, if a tree is being attacked by bugs 
or some type of uh, 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 parasitic enemy. They said that they can measure it, that it, the trees around them actually, that start sending, oh, I mean this one, they actually start putting off like a scent, a tree scent, or sometimes even like this uh, stuff into the air that actually goes towards that tree to get rid of the bugs. I was like, what? And they was talking about when one tree starts to mold or to starts to rot, that they said that the other trees will start sending the nutrients and the sap to that tree to help it to begin to grow until it can get strong again. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's their trees. And I think that's God's way of letting us know this is how the people of God are supposed to be. That we are better together. We need each other. And it's a fact. You see, the person who wrote that book said, trees were not designed to grow alone. He said that they can, but they won't be as healthy or last as long as they were supposed to. It is only the trees in the forest with the help of other trees that, beca that, that, that become as healthy as they're supposed to be and as strong as they're supposed to be and last as long as they're supposed to. You see, the enemy wants you to disconnect from God's forest so that you will not be healthy and you will not last long. He wants you in the forest. In other words, we need to learn to let people in. We need to let them know what's going on. We need to let them pray for us and us to pray for them. We cannot be an island to ourselves, nor should we want to be. True strength delights in God's people. Which leads to number four. We need to stay away from idols. If we want to stay strong in the Lord, we have to be idol smashers. The psalmist says, trouble comes to those who chase idols, because guess what? Idols make us weak. They are fake fireplaces, like I've said before, that something from a distance looks glamorous and great until you get close to it, and you're like, well, that was a big disappointment. Idols work that way, as we think, that sounds great. I'll be happy. If I just keep pursuing that thing, then I'll have enough, and I'll be happy all the time. And then you try it, and it's like the gold at the end of the rainbow. It's not there, and you just find yourself running, and running, and running, and never happy. So who are these spiritual phonies, these scammers, these heartbreaks waiting to happen? Who are these spiritual con artists that steal all of our peace and joy in the Lord? And you'd probably think it's obvious, but if they were, they wouldn't be so sneaky. I call them the four horsemen of the apocalypse in our soul. <laughs> Here they are. Honor, power, pleasure, wealth. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, these four scoundrels have been our undoing. That is the need for honor, the need for power, the need for pleasure and the need for money. Otherwise, I can't be happy. See, you know when you have an idol in your heart when it controls your emotions. If you get it, I'm happy. But if I don't have it, I go crazy. That is an idol in your heart. Because Lord Jesus doesn't want you to feel that way. The first one is the need for honor from others. The person who has an idol of honor, they're constantly looking at how do people treat them? How do people make them feel? And they're hypersensitive to it. 
So if they do not get the reaction they expect from people, and this could be from children, this could be from parents, this could be from boss, it doesn't matter. It's that honor, people whose idol is honor, is everything is, I'm constantly keeping track of how people are treating me. And if it's not the way I wanted or expected, I'm an emotional shotgun. The second one is power over others. This one's different. The need, the honor from others, this is power over. That for you, if you, if you like power as your idol, you enjoy having rulership over people or over things. That's your joy. And when you don't have any power over something or rulership over something, that's when it, you lose your happiness. Then there are the people who have pleasure in things. This is the person who's looking for a quick fix to just feel better instantly. It could be food, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be buying things. But it's that for them, the only time they're happy is if they're stimulated. And when they're not stimulated, then they're not happy. And then the last one is the need for wealth or to acquire things. For some of you in this room, you're way too attached to wealth and money. You have this desire that you need to acquire, you need to have, you need to keep up with the Joneses, which I love because of the fact that Dave Ramsey says it right, they're broke, stop trying. (laughs) But the point is that these four idols, at least one of them is in your heart. At least one of them. And here's the good news, if you know which one it is and you start smashing that thing, guess what's gonna happen to your joy? It's going to skyrocket because you're going to feel the pleasure of the Lord, like Pastor Erica said, which does not change. Amen? But you got to know your idol so you can smash it. So some of you are like, oh man, Pastor Chris, you're making me a little uncomfortable. Good! Because I am trying to get at that idol so you'll go, no more, I'm not living for this. And then finally, Father's God love can take its place. And you'll feel so much better. And here's the good news, really good news. Did you know that Father God wants you to be financially stable? He does. He doesn't want you dependent on all the, all the other people who are financially stable. He wants you to be financially stable. He wants to take care of your finances. He just doesn't want you to worship it. He wants you to have a sense of honor. Of course, if you're faithfully following the Lord, if you're going after him, of course, people are going to look up to you. People are going to probably ask you questions like, how are you the way that you are? Man, you have such a stable life. You know how to let just things roll off. How are you like this? People are going to honor you simply because you are following the Lord. And the Lord's going to allow for that. God, of course, he wants you to have power. Don't you think he wants you to have power over your family in a good way? Power for your marriage, power for your children, power for, Of course he wants you to have power. He just doesn't want you to worship it. And lastly, of course, he wants you to feel good. But he wants to bring pleasure in the right kind of way with the right amount of moderation. So it doesn't hurt you. It's that simple. So here's the good news. When you pick Jesus, you get it all. But in healthy and clean and non-idolatry kind of ways. But the minute you pick one, then you reject Jesus. We got to know what our idol is so then we can lay it down before the Lord and let him take its place. You see, true strength destroys idols. True strength trusts the Lord and lives in his power and takes pleasure in his people and believes he will give us everything we need. But trouble comes to those who chase after other gods, thinking that they could ever be happy apart from God and his people. And this is a lie. For me, just to be honest, honor is mine. 
That is the one I regularly each day have to keep a check on. Is that are people looking at me or talking to me in the way that I want? And I have to regularly lay that down and go, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's about him. Because you see, when we're easily offended, we check out of the Holy Spirit and it's all about us. But when we learn to just let people sometimes be offensive and they say stuff, they're not usually even trying to be, but we learn to let that go, guess how you feel on the inside? Free and happy and I'm not trying to control people. Can I also share something else with you since we're a forest? Some of you, I need you sometimes to bother me and offend me. Because it's only through that do I get sharpened in the areas that are hardest for me. I actually need people sometimes to be super blunt or sometimes over the line because it's my way of going, I'm going to practice patience. I'm going to trust the Lord in a supernatural way. I need the trees that sometimes drive me crazy. As much as I need the trees, I can also kick my feet off and just enjoy myself. We need each other, amen? We have to start learning to stop controlling each other and keeping each other's faults, and we need to learn to release everybody to be who they are in Christ and where they are on the journey and trust the Lord to manage your heart. Amen? Because I'll tell you what, if we start doing things that way, nothing's going to stop us from continuing to grow. Which leaves number five, hope. Supernatural hope. True strength stands on God's hope. You see, once you start smashing idols, on one level you might feel really happy for a moment, but what do you think is going to happen after your smaller security just disappeared? <laughs> You're probably like, oh, this is so scary. I'm used to controlling this part. I'm so... Well, once you smash it, then you open yourself up to God's hope. That feeling of he's carrying me in this area now. And I willingly am okay with not picking that back up again. Supernatural hope is the immovable belief that no matter what happens, all my days, God will guide me and direct me and be with me and show me the way of life forever. The psalmist practically shouting with joy says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is, at, he is right beside me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That's supernatural hope. You can't just go A plus B equals I'm going to be safe. <laughs> God's talking about a direct gift of the Holy Spirit into your heart that transcends logic and whatever you're going through. It's just a gift right to the heart that you are going to be okay. And no matter what you're going through, he is going to show you the way of life. This is why we need those quiet times with Jesus. Every day spending some time with the one who will guide you and instruct you and calm you and show you the way of life. And the psalmist says, if you won't talk to him during the day, then he's going to see you at night. <laughs> you see, I went through a time where I was really struggling with going to sleep. And when I tried to go to sleep, my mind was racing, my thoughts were racing, and I just could not go to sleep. And Sheena would pray for me, and it didn't help. And so finally, Sheena just, you know, the loving wife that she is, called me the carpet, and she's like, how much time have you been spending with God lately during the day? Well, actually, not very much. She's like, is it possible he's trying to talk to you? 
before you go to bed. And I'm like, well, I don't like that. I like sleep. Oh. You see, God cares so much about your soul. If you won't talk to him during the day, then he's going to meet you at night. And if you're one of those people that's like, well, I go to sleep so fast, I don't have any issues, then he's going to meet you in your dreams because he's pursuing you. And you have somebody who will not let you go or let you settle for anything less than the life he has for you. So if you won't meet with him during the day, though that's my suggestion, just know he's going to be meeting with you at night because he cares about you. And so if you're like, wow, so you're telling me all this time I've been having trouble sleeping because God's been trying to talk to me about a lot of stuff? Yeah. And all in good ways to calm your heart and to smash some idols. When we finally let God start talking to us again, we'll feel supernatural hope again. That he will, no matter what, show me the way of life which is where we're going to end this morning, on that note of hope. Because some of you have lost your hope along the way. Some of you, it's on the inside. Some of you, it's on the outside. But either way, you've lost your hope. You've given up. When I did the first message, I went over that part and I thought, there's still a category of people I feel like, Lord, we're not touching. And for some people, it's not that you've actually given up, you just settled into where you are. There's just no hope. It's not that you gave it up, there's just no hope. You actually do not have a future picture of I'm pressing into the Lord, I'm still going after the full maturity he has for me. You've settled in to the level of godliness you think you are right now. And I'm encouraging you, keep going. Keep pressing into the Lord. Keep expecting him to make you more and more like Jesus all the way to the finish line. Now, if you're somebody in here and you're truly like, I've lost my hope, enemies on me, my life's falling apart, then absolutely, I am praying this morning that if you admit your brokenness, that if you'll say yes to Jesus and open your heart up to him, you'll start letting the forest be your forest, then I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna impart supernatural hope and you're gonna feel so much better. Don't just be a faithful servant who's just doing their duty. Instead, embrace being a child of God who truly feels and loves being carried by the Father's hands. I say this morning, it's time to get back our hope and to get back on the journey. With that, worship team, you can come up. If you'd like to get back your hope this morning, if you'd like to walk again in true strength, now you know the path. First, admit it. Admit it to yourself and admit it to God. This is where I'm broken. This is where I've been fighting a long time. And Lord, it's time for you to fight that battle for me. Then, call for Jesus. Ask Jesus for his help this morning and let it become a new way of living where he is strong, so you don't always have to be anymore. Then from that place of vulnerability and freedom in Jesus, start to let people in. Let them know what's going on and let your forest be your forest to you. 
and stop living for those false idols that are sapping you of your strength. Honor, power, pleasure, and money. This morning, I encourage you, renounce them in Jesus' name and then receive his supernatural hope in your heart. Believe that he is gonna show you the way of life and settle for nothing less than his supernatural hope. So no more deductions, but let it be a a real gift from the Holy Spirit. The altars are gonna be open this morning. If this message was burning in your heart, I encourage you to use those altars and let the Holy Spirit take the lead. For the rest of us, let's just worship the Lord. Let's thank him for who he is and what he's done in our hearts and that he's not done yet, amen? He is not done yet. I feel just I need to encourage some people. There are some people in your life that maybe you looked up to or you were close to and they have honestly gone the wrong way. They have gone the wrong way and it is hurting your heart or it's making you even start to slow down your relationship with Jesus. And all I can tell you is stop it. Jesus has a plan for your life. You go after with everything you've got. And I believe that God's gonna use you as a light and a sign to that person to get back on the road and to go after Jesus too. I love it when Peter says to Jesus right before he ascends, and Jesus tells him what's gonna happen to him. And then Peter looks at John and he's like, what's gonna happen to John? And Jesus is like, don't you mind that, you follow me. You follow me. So if you've given up your hope or you've just noticed I lost it somewhere along the way, let's this morning, let's get back right with God, amen? Let's worship. Music and all is stripped away and I simply come Just you i
are strong in the Lord. You don't have to be strong. He's strong. So if you're going through a hard time on the outside, let him carry you. Let him know. If you're going through a hard time on the inside, let him fight that battle as you're just honest with him. Some of you in this room, I just feel led to say that you might be a husband, you might be a father, might actually be your job. You need to have a posture of strength. And you've been towing the line for a long, long time. My advice to you, if you need to be strong on the outside, that there's just something about that, it would not be good for you not to be, then what I encourage you to do is close the door at least once a day, find a quiet space, and you just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I am broken, I am weak, I need your help, and I promise you, Father God will meet you there, and he will start softening your heart in that miraculous way, so that whatever you are on the outside, and the inside, you'll be his child, and you'll also start to notice a softening in the beautiful kind of way in yourself as well. It's okay to be strong around others, but don't be strong in the Lord in the sense of in his presence. Go ahead then and be broken <laughs> so you can receive his strength. Jesus, we thank you for our time today. I thank you that you are always with us. If there's anybody here this morning, they've been doing their life without you. I pray that this morning they'd see that they can give their life over to you. That you are their savior and 2000 years ago you died on the cross for their every brokenness, their every sin, to wash away the guilt, to remove the separation between you and them. And that through you, Jesus, if they would just say, yes, please come into my life, I give myself over to you, then Jesus, you will bring that reconciliation with God and you will set them on fire for him. So I just pray a blessing over everybody that's here today. I just pray that you'd watch over their health, watch over their heart, and I pray that this week we would be a light to those that are around us, that it's okay to be broken, because Jesus is strong. So Lord, we love you and praise in your name. Amen. If you're new this morning, I know Pastor David would love to have met you, but I'd love to meet you this morning as well, and he'll be back next week. But otherwise, you guys have a good week, and I'll see you next week.